are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion, get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Hey everyone, welcome to Right On Radio. And yes, you are here for a reason. This is a faith-based broadcast. We talk God and politics. I have an amazing guest for you today, and I'm sure it's going to be a very intriguing interview. The tagline of the show is Live Right in the Real World where we show you what the real world is, both visible and invisible. And I'm particularly pleased to have this guest today, Clay Clark, because he is a facts guy. He is a in-depth researcher, and uh, he has a very large platform as well, and he's very well informed. So I'm going to be very pleased to uh, bring him on in just a moment. But first, I just want to remind you, tickets are going really fast. Uh, I would love to meet you personally in Dallas, Texas on the 25th of March. That's three weeks from this Saturday. Go to reckoningfest.com and get your tickets today. Put in coupon code right on. That's all one word, no space. R-I-G-H-T-O-N, right on. And without further ado, please welcome Clay Clark to Right On Radio. Clay, it's a real pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I am prepared for interrogations. <laughs> yeah, well, you you have been a, a person of controversy. And, you know, one of the things in this movement, and people call it the truth movement, people call it all kinds of things, but everybody is suspect because what we've found out is the world has lied to us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll just say this. Uh, my role in the reawakening of America, or, uh, as significant or insignificant as it is, is I'm a very aggressive and very organized individual who I would say if I had to register and you said, what box do I fit in? I'm a libertarian. I'm an unapologetic follower of Christ. And uh, I just want to save America because I've got five kids and I'd love for them not to grow up in communism. I also know of the entire uh, agenda of the transhumanism, great reset agenda, the central bank, digital currencies. And I would love for my kids to not be able to, uh, to, to go out there and be able to buy or sell without being told they had to put a, a mark or a central bank digital currency under their skin in order to buy or sell. So I, I am just doing the best that I can to help share the truth. And I happen to be friends with Eric Trump and Cash Patel and Devin Nunes and, and General Flynn and a lot of these bigger names you might know. But I'm just the the uh, organized, very aggressive guy that puts on the events. Well, Clay, it's funny. You're very well informed, and I, and I give you that Um I would encourage you sometime to listen to this show because there's a whole side of things that you probably have not been presented as of yet uh, that I've been actually uncovering. And and it's actually much scarier than what most people have assumed today in this. And and I'm an evidence guy as well, so I'm bringing forth the evidence to support the claims that I'm making. But Clay, because this is a a faith-based broadcast, um, you've you know, there's the notorious magazine covers. You can address it if you want. I'm satisfied that you've answered that many, many times. But I think what's most important is it's we overcome by the power of our testimony uh, and the word of God. So 
why don't you tell us about your journey into yeah. the faith? Well, let me let me address uh, magazine covers because they're actually book covers. So maybe it's even worse. Um, I am a business owner and I've written, I think, 18 books, 19 books, could be 20. And whenever I write a book, what I do is I obsess on the idea of writing the book. And then I have a, have a design team who works with me, full-time people. And uh, my designer, his name is Darlin Tucker. His mother was, um, his grandmother um, was Mother Tucker Ministries in Tulsa. And I say, D, design a book cover that you think goes with this theme or that you think would best connect the dots or whatever. And uh, my nickname in the office is called is Claytron because I rarely eat lunch or take breaks. I just go, I get up at 3 a.m. and I work until six. So we thought, well, let's do kind of a Terminator theme. And I'm like, okay, you know, this was what, 10 years ago, whatever. I didn't know anything about the Great Reset or Illuminati or all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of what happened. And then there was another book cover I did. I did wrote a book about the art of getting things done. And something that I always say in my office and I write it on the walls is remember, God is always watching. And so, again, a designer, this is previous to us all discovering what we know now, he thought, you know what, is, isn't God always watching on the dollar? Isn't that what the dollar is all about? And God we trust. And so that's where that artwork came from. Now, knowing these things, we all, everybody who listens to your show probably learns something new every day. When you learn something, you have an option. Either A, you keep going with it, or B, you, you change directions. And so once I figured out, wow, these books appear that uh, appear for that I'm endorsing something I don't endorse, I need to change the cover. So you change the cover, but then the books you know, keep being sold, and they keep floating around the used bookstores. But as far as my testimony, um, I was born in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, my mom and dad, my dad delivered uh, pizzas for Domino's, worked at Quick Trips gas stations. He went to Oral Roberts University. Somebody right there will have some suspicion about that, but he went to Oral Roberts University and he uh, graduated. My mom did not. And my dad was always willing to work whatever jobs he needed to do to put food on the table. A very hard worker. Uh, may he rest in peace. He died of Lou Gehrig's disease uh, several years back. But, um, you know, I went to church every Sunday uh, and I always thought that the pastors were bogus. And so I went to a church and uh, one of the pastors, I the church, one of the churches I went to, the pastor openly came out and said, oops, I had an affair with the babysitter. That happened. Another church I went to, the pastor came out and actually made a Netflix movie about his life saying that he no longer believes in Jesus. That's the real thing. Then wow. I went to another church where the praise and worship leader came out and saying he was, by, by the way, the main draw of this church was the present worship leader. He came out and said, you know, by the way, I don't believe in Jesus. And so I had a lot of that in my, right in my face. I went to Oral Roberts University. We had a lot of great pastors and teachers that came in to teach, but there were, you know, a lot of fake faith healers. I'm not saying that all healers are fake, but you know what I'm talking about. There are people out there that are uh, trying to make their millions and get them, uh, get their Maseratis by conning and scamming people. And so I had just reached a, a place where I thought, you know what? I'm cynical of all or skeptical of all pastors, just in general, you know, but um, as I have gotten older, I'm 42 now about the age of, uh, well, my son now is 15. So it'd be at the age of 30, maybe the age of uh, 25, 26. You know, my son was born blind. And so my son was born blind. Uh, my wife had begun praying that he would see. And when my son started seeing it's a medical anomaly and that's when I discovered, you know what? Wow, God is still in the healing business. God is still real. And I just, every day, just try to, you know, read the gospel. And right now I'm obsessed with the book of Daniel. That's what I'm reading right now is a lot oh, of yeah. Daniel and a lot of Mark, the gospel of Mark. But um, the COVID-19, the Great Reset agenda, 
It just forced me to read the Bible like I never have before. And I'm totally um, amazed by uh, the infinite wisdom found in it. And I encourage everybody sometimes to stop listening to the pastors and start reading the Bible. And maybe if you could listen to pastors and read the Bible, that'd be great. But a pastor exists to help you get into the gospel and to help you understand it. A pastor does not exist to take the place of you and I reading the Bible. And that's something that I've had to learn, you know, here in recent years. That is such a great point. And one of the themes that's developed behind this show is uh, be the Berean. We keep saying that on this because, you know, even when I first started this show two and a half years ago, I've had people who I thought had much greater understanding of the word than I did. And they've told some false things and I went along with it. Wow. And then eventually I go and I look in the, in the Bible, it's not there. Right. You know, and we've trusted in man too much. And you're right. We can, a, a good Bible teacher will help you get into the word right. and really make the word come alive because the word is alive. And I, I know when I read it half the time I'm in tears or I feel like I'm being showered, you know, it's, it really is a supernatural book and, we people need to go back and compare things to scripture. I uh, was, you know, I, what, I, what I like to do, this is my flow. I'm not saying you should do this. Uh, when I wake up, first thing I try to do is I take a shower and I'll listen to like uh, the audio version. I like to listen to the King James version audio of something. So I listen to the King James version of Daniel, you know, yesterday, getting ready for taking a shower, getting ready for work. Then I'm driving to work, which for me is about 600 yards, but I'm driving to work, you know, and I uh, listen to Daniel consistently. Then I organize my day and I'm trying to listen to the gospel and learn a little bit more while I'm organizing my day. Um, and then throughout the day, after we've dealt with the day and the world and the attacks and all the things we all go through, I think it's important to read the Bible again before you go to bed. That's just what I've been trying to do, the kind of regimen I've been into. And, and uh, you know, all I can say is that Jesus is king. And uh, he wasn't surprised by this great reset thing. But this great reset, in my opinion, again, someone can disagree. I believe that the great reset that Klaus Schwab talks about or the fourth industrial revolution that he talks about at the, at the, at the World Economic Forum is trying to implement on the, on the earth sounds a lot like the fourth kingdom in the book of Daniel. And the central bank digital currencies that go under the skin sounds a lot like Revelation chapter 13, verse uh, 16 through 18. And I feel like Matthew chapter 24 seems a lot like what's happening right now. And Luke 21 seems a lot like what's happening now. And the great falling away seems a lot like the churches today. So I just think we're right now in a spot where the prophetic, which was 27% of the Bible, if I'm correct, uh, is now coming to pass. And a lot of us as Christians are being forced to deal with the profundity of the idea of, do we actually believe in the gospel? Or was that just something fun we did you know, on Sundays? Yeah, it, it, every knee is gonna have, everyone is gonna have to choose, and you know the the deception that is happening right now. And I'm currently doing a series called Mass Deception because a lot of the deception is coming in through the church. In fact, um, and I'm proving it on this uh, series that I'm doing right now, Clay, that it's actually the Christian church. <laughs> that is helping to usher in the one world government right now. Well, uh, let's, uh, I will say this. I don't know exactly where you're going with that, but I'll say this. Um, there's a big thing called the prosperity message. Now, let me make sure I'm very clear. Um, I woke up this morning at three. I will work until six pre great reset. I've always done that six days a week. It doesn't make me great. Doesn't make me not great. That's just what I do. And all the businesses that I've ever started are successful. Why? 
uh, well, because I find a problem for my ideal and likely buyers, and I solve the problem in a way that I perceive to not violate God's laws. I don't believe by the products or services I sell violate God's laws. And I try to over-deliver and wow the customer. That's that's sort of the, how you do it, okay? And I've written books you can download for free at thrivetimeshow.com, thrivetimeshow.com uh, forward slash free resources, thrivetimeshow.com forward slash free resources. But there is a form of, uh, I believe, to be a false gospel that exists, a false, which is, you know, an antichrist doctrine, one that's not pro-Christ, that is saying that Matthew 5.10, which says, Blessed are ye who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for ye shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, that that is somehow wrong, and that blessed is ye who is never persecuted because they go along to get along. And that God, that prosperity message has taught an entire generation of people about my age that the only way to have success financially to be blessed, to have success, is to follow along in that non-political, non-speak-out-against-corruption way. So the way to have success and to be blessed is to actually do the opposite of what Matthew 5.10 says. And so now that has prepared an entire generation to receive the central bank digital currencies and or the mark yeah. of the beast because they'll say, well, in order to get along, in order to prove I have back, been vaccinated, in order to show that I uh, am submitting to authority, I have taken this technology under my skin. And you're starting to see it now with the woke praise and worship leaders showing up at the Grammys where Satan is celebrated and they say nothing. You're starting to see that with woke pastors now celebrating the gay lesbian agenda. You're starting to see that consistently, and it is disturbing. It is very disturbing. By the way, um, we didn't talk much before going on air, but uh, although I haven't reached the level of success you have, we have many, many things in common. I've started uh, many businesses myself. I've been a business consultant. Awesome. Uh, been number one in the country uh, a couple times. Uh, I wake up about three o'clock in the morning. And really? About six, seriously. I don't like, recommend we, we that, have, by the way. <laughs> and, and and I was an event promoter for many years. As really? My, uh, so we actually have a lot in common. And That's you know, awesome. I understand the way you think uh, you know, about a lot of these things. So, uh, And my audience knows most of that stuff about me. But one of the things that has been really, and, and I haven't caught the news today. I've been preparing for some other things, but... There was that uh, thing going through the WHO yesterday yes. about them getting control. Do you know if that happened? Well, what I do know, what I do know, and I'm just going to walk people through what I do know, and then this show, I mean, it's, it's, it's all happening fast, okay? But I'm just going to tell you what I do know. I do know that the World Health Organization is being uh, supported or celebrated or encouraged or coached up or, or uh, uh, spoken of highly about, branded by... Um, endorsed by Yuval Noah Harari, Yuval Noah Harari, who is the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. And Yuval Noah Harari says, ideally, COVID should result in the creation of a one world healthcare system, one healthcare system for the whole world. That's a real thing. I also know that the Chinese Communist Party is sort of like uh, using the World Health Organization as their PR, their public relations arm. And I know that the draft pandemic treaty seeks to surpass national sovereignty for any mm -hmm. country in the event of a international health emergency. And if that were to pass this new draft agreement, pandemic agreement, it would allow the World Health Organization to uh, implement quarantines, curfews, forced vaccinations, and it would allow them to actually commandeer industry and to interrupt supply chains 
to uh, thwart whatever emergency they saw fit. So we are in a really, really bad spot that was supposed to be looked at again on the 27th of February. I believe today's the 28th. I've slept since then, literally, but I believe today's the 28th. So we'll see. You know, it's amazing that no one in Congress has been making a stink about this. Oh, well, Jeff, no- come on, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> no, it's amazing not to you and to your listeners because they get it, but they get it. Jeff, I actually won an award in 2007. I was named as the Entrepreneur of the Year for the state of Oklahoma, the Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in 2002. Uh, I was like, I don't know, 22, 21. I won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And in both cases, I got a chance to meet my elected officials. And not a one of them was concerned at all about what you and I were dealing with, except for a man by the name of Tom Coburn. May he rest in peace. So here I am. I'm going to get a chance to meet the senators and the Congress. And I'm looking at the bills the bills, the the, the actual uh, documentation, the legislation that's about ready to be signed. And I remember talking to one of these elected officials and I said, how are you going to read all of that? I mean, when did you get it? And when are you supposed to read it by? I mean, to read it and to understand it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm reading Daniel for like the 12th time, 15th time, you know? So to be able to read, and Daniel's not that big of a book. The audio book's like an hour and five minutes. So, I mean, we're talking a big book. And I remember this, this, this elected official, he tells me, Oh, we don't read that. No, they just sign. You don't read it. He goes, no, no, we have interns that that read it. And I said, so what's in it? And he, this elected official says, oh, well, it's usually what we wanted, but then there's a lot of things we didn't want that we had to give up to get what we want. And so it's it's that's and that was 2007, 2002. I mean, this was some big legislation coming in. I remember, Jeff, remember when the Great uh, Recession occurred? I was, oh, yeah. in, I was in D.C. when it happened, and I happened to be there to receive an award for the Blue Ribbon Award, whatever that means, the Blue Ribbon Quality Award for the U.S. Chamber. And I had built a company called DJConnection.com. We were doing 4,000 events a year. I'm there to get this award. And one of the, the – uh, here the economy's collapsing. People are losing their whole life savings. And one of the elected officials gets up and says – Everybody, I thank you for being here today. My good friends from this place and that place and this place and that place. Men here, women here, I appreciate you. Uh, Both sides of the aisle. And he's just doing this whole warm-up thing. And he says, and what we're going to do, folks, is we need to bring integrity to college sports. We need to create a bowl system where a true playoff winner can be determined by the – and people are like, "Is is this actually happening? And he did the whole JFK thing where it's like, my fellow Americans, we are here together. And he's just, he's he's baiting the thing. He's getting excited. He's talking like this because politicians are all taught. You're supposed to talk like this. You do that. And he's doing all that. He's like, we are not going to allow another college football season to go on without a true champion as elected by the people. Of, and he's just bringing it. And everyone's going, is he not aware that the economy is falling apart? I'm not kidding. Then, Jeff, they took us all out to the Palms restaurant. Every meal was like 150 bucks, and we're all going, all small business owners, we're all going, who's paying for this stuff? It's crazy. (laughs) So, and I want to get to, I know you met with Trump just recently, but I want to, I know you you talked to Eric. Uh, Eric Trump is obviously- Eric is my good friend. I'd say yes, yes, sir. Yeah, so how aware- 
are they of the I'll say this. Let's say that. Let me, me, I'll I'll go kind of person by person. General Flynn is perhaps the most aware person who identifies as a conservative you're going to find. He's so aware of the corruption that he's not blinded by Catholicism to just blindly accept the Pope. He was raised Catholic, but he's unabashedly pro-life. And so he sees the corruption of the Catholic Church, although he was raised Catholic. That, that's pretty, you know, he's a, a, he's a guy who understands what's in the shots, the RNA modifying nanotechnology. He speaks out about it from the stage. Okay, so that's General Flynn. Um, as it relates to Mike Lindell, this is just Trump's inner circle. Mike Lindell understands Jesus, understands God. He believes that Jesus saved him from an addiction to drugs and alcohol. And Mike is a great guy, loves the country. And he also openly talks about the six seals of Revelation and what's inside the shots. Good job, Mike Mike Lindell. Um, Eric Trump is sort of like President Trump's cupbearer. I believe that he is the, if you look at President Trump, and when, he, when he left uh, his business career to go join the White House, you know, he took a pay cut. Most politicians get a pay raise when they join the government. And Eric is the one who runs the businesses. And he's a committed father, uh, awesome husband. And I said, what does that mean to be committed? I watched the way he treats his wife. I was out to dinner with him, Jeff, and this wasn't a show, but I know that he has a certain time every day where he calls his wife and his kid and he prays with them every night. So we're at the dinner, very nice dinner, you know, a bunch of people that you would know. And he says, hey, I got, I got, I got to duck out for a second. Like just not making a big show about it. And I watch him and he's on the phone and all that. And I said, Hey man, what, what you know? And after, after everyone left, I said, what was that? He goes, Oh, I had to call my wife kid. He, he's just that kind of guy. He always prays with his kid. Very devote prays with his wife every night. Great guy. Um, President Trump. I think he lowered his standards, but I was had, I had, had an opportunity to meet him and to share some, some things. And uh, all I can say, and I want to respect that conversation is that he loves our country. He, but he's not like an omniscient, omnipotent, you know, eight dimensional chess player that somehow understands everything in a way that is like, he's just toying with the deep state because of his infinite wisdom. What he is, he's a very sharp businessman. He's a grandfather. He's a patriot. And he wants to do the best he can to save our country. And he has people around him, just like you and I have family members around us that may lie to us or that may believe in us or may be honest with us or may deceive us. He has people all around him and he's had to sort out that playing field. And I believe to a certain extent that um, his um, not being allowed to represent the American people after the last presidential election has allowed him to see the chessboard clearly and who's on his team and who isn't. And I believe he's sorting through that. And I believe his energy and his commitment to saving the country has never been better. And uh, I hope that he'll begin to talk about some of the subjects that maybe your listeners uh, wish he would talk about. So let's just talk about 2020. Uh, It's obvious to even people who weren't aware in 2020, it's obvious to everyone now that, you know, that there was nefarious happenings there. Yeah. Do you think, and I'm just asking for an opinion. I don't know if you have inside knowledge or anything like that, but do you think that he was monitoring it in real time and gathering evidence? I do not know that. I don't know that. I'm not dodging the question. I don't know. I know you said it's an opinion thing. I don't know. What I do know, this is kind of my role, Jeff, in this. If people could picture like, you know, if you're listening right now and you're going, okay, I, I, it's important to know what you're working with. Someone watching this right now, you go, okay, I'm a, I'm a hand model. I play the <laughs> piano and I'm an above average dad. Someone else goes, I play the guitar 
I can cook things and I'm pretty funny. You know, everyone's got their own thing. You got maybe your top three talents that God's given you. My three is I'm very aggressive, very organized, and I focus on facts. And so what I've tried to do on the tour is you do the Reawaken America tour in Nashville or in, uh, we have Trump Doral coming up in May now. Uh, we've got Las Vegas at Trump International in Vegas. And the reason why I'm doing Trump properties for the next two is because I want the Patriots to be able to stay together. And I've never been able to find a venue that was willing to let the Patriots all stay at the same hotel because we're not vaccinated, because we're you know, uh, domestic terrorists or whatever that is. So I wanted to be able to find a place. And Eric rolled out the red carpet and did some pretty in incredible deep, deep discounts to make it affordable for people. That's why we did it. But I just know that, you know, at these events, I watch speakers. You know, you'll see a guy like a Devin Nunes talk to a guy like a Cash Patel or a Eric Trump or a Dr. Tenpenny talking to a Jim Brewer or a Jim Brewer talking to a John Rich. Or you'll see Mike Lindell talking to Simone Gold. You, you see these people talking and these sort of connections that you wouldn't have seen begin to happen behind the scenes. And those relationships where an attendee comes to the event and has some information they want to share with their favorite speaker or presenter. And I'm watching this happen. And that's what they wanted us to not do. They being Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, because Hebrews 10.25 instructs us to not forsake the gathering, even as we draw closer to the end. So I will not forsake the, the gathering, even as we draw closer to the end. And it says, but to exhort one another and so much more as ye see the day approaching so as we get closer to the end whenever that is hopefully not tomorrow or maybe we do want it tomorrow i don't know but we <laughs> want to make sure that we are getting together and we're celebrating each other encouraging one another in our faith and our walk because jesus is coming back i don't know when but i know if you read luke 21 or matthew chapter 24 it would appear as though many of the birthing pains that have to happen before he returns or revelation chapter 6 the six seals that have to be revealed it looks as though some of those things are happening well, and I have a lot to say on that, of course, yeah. uh, but, I, but I won't get into just uh, okay. you know, biblical prophecy as much in this conversation, but let's talk about your reawakened tour. And I, I'm going to make a couple comments on it. Um, and, I, and I'm curious to get your part of it. So first of all, I, I'm just going to start from the very beginning. Uh, I had Robert and Jamie uh, on from Banners from Freedom. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, they've become great friends of mine. And he spoke very, very highly of you. Uh, and that was one of the things. And he actually shared your testimony in probably a little bit more detail even than you did today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to find out for myself. Uh, so I called your staff. There was only a few tickets left. They managed to get me a VIP. Very cool. reasonable. And I went there. Uh, and <laughs> now right off the front and... Parking was a bit of an issue. In Nashville? <laughs> in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only venue we could find. And Pastor Greg Locke, he said, Clay, any given Sunday, I'll have three to 4,000 people here. He said, my congregation is used to uh, Ubering and carpooling. He said, so I recommend that you would put out some videos telling people that a couple days before. So we were doing that. But I can tell you, every inch of that uh, parking space was taken. Then some, I think at 5 a.m., the line was over six miles yeah. in multiple directions. Yeah, I got there about 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> wow. Uh, was it big line at 7? Uh, yeah, it was over a mile long from, uh, nice. from every direction. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and so I, I got, you know, I got waved by the first time. I went, okay, I'm just going to go grab a quick breakfast and maybe the line will come down. 
make a long story short, happened both days. I was able to talk to a staff member and I got premium parking both okay. days. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it was the staff members that really accommodated that. Um, so, you know, I was very pleased with it. Um, I got in there and what my intention was, was to leave all of my biases, all of my research about every speaker at the curb okay, and sit there as a journalist, which I don't consider myself to be a journalist, but I thought I'm going to play one for this weekend. And I sat there and I took notes on every speaker that I was in attendance at the time because, okay. you know, no one sees every speaker. Right. right. Um, but what, one of the, the, the greatest observations, Clay, was I was watching you very closely. And no. I will say that your work ethic is unbelievable. It was really unbelievable. And I even noticed, and just as an observation, that, you know, even General Flynn, who seems to be in pretty good shape, was having a hard time by the end of the time. <laughs> you know, but you were there. You know, well, you're, you're... I can say this. You know, um, God hath quickened me, right? So I just think right now people have to understand what times we're living in, and I, I can brag on uh, so many wonderful patriots. I mean, Mel Kay rising to the occasion, the flyover conservatives, Pastor Dave Scarlett with his glory, Pastor Leon Benjamin, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Stella Emanuel. These are people that have stepped up and filled in the gap, people like yourself, Jeff, people like your entire Right on Radio audience. And people, we're, we're, we're stepping up here, and I think we have to do in the natural what, what we can do, and the supernatural God is going to do what he has to do. Um, and a good example is if, if you imagine you were Noah back in the day, folks, think about this. Noah is doing Noah things with his family, you know, eight people hanging out, trying not to commit sin, follow God's laws. And all of a sudden God says, Noah, huh? Uh, I need you to build a boat. Uh, what's a boat? Uh, it's got, you're going to need it if it rains. It's going to rain, Noah. Uh, what's rain? I mean, so Noah didn't, hadn't seen rain. He hadn't seen a boat. And, but yet for 120 years, he had to build a boat, not 120 minutes, not 120 days, 120 years. Could you imagine doing anything for 120 years? So I could say, I have no problem organizing an event for a few years out of my life. I mean, these events are, are hugely financially not successful. They're not sustainable, but I'm doing them because that's what God has asked me to do for this period of time. And uh, it's, it's, but you know what? I always go back to thinking about Noah. Every time I'm going, People go, Clay, you've been doing this for three years. You're losing money every month. How do you keep it going? I'm going, you know, I only got a, a 120, 117 more to go. 117 more years, baby. Here we go. You know, so I would just encourage people to look at it from a biblical perspective. And we have to ask, what would Father Abraham do? You know, Abraham was asked to leave his kinfolk and to leave his career and all his, the whole world behind to serve God. Moses was asked to go uh, away from where he was, you know, familiar to set his people free. And I just think that we all have to step up right now. And I'm just so thankful for the wonderful people we've met on the, on the Reawaken America Tour. So one of the things I was watching with you, Clay, and it was very telling and, and respectfully, I, this, uh, on this show, I don't do hit jobs on people, mm. you know, that's just, that's just not the, the type of show. I'm ready though. I'm ready. Here we go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, out of 80 speakers, not all of them can be good. And I'm not saying, you know, some maybe just grifters, some maybe this, some maybe that, but. One of my observations, and there was one speaker in particular whom I won't mention, okay. but 
you give a really uh, great intro. You know, you use a DJ voice. And here it comes. Blah, 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 and you bring up, but there were a couple people that your body language to me, as sitting there as a reporter, yeah, just sitting there as an observer, leaving all of my biases aside, I thought, huh, he knows something about this person. Mm. Well, I don't know um, specifically what you're, what you, which ones you were referencing, but I can say this. Um, what I do is I personally am the one who invites every speaker. And if a speaker is doing something nefarious or odd, I look him in the face and I address it with him. Um, and the only way to know who somebody is is to watch their character over time and or to verify references or those around them. So anytime you come to the event, if you ever have a speaker, you go, that speaker's terrible. It's my fault. If there's a speaker that you like, uh, maybe you give me a pat on the back. But I'll, back, but all I'm saying is we have about 70 speakers, and I find that just on average, this is my little observation, I find that about 65 out of 70, I go, let's do that again. But sometimes I, the speaker will come up, and I'm going, I know that this doctor really wanted you to be on the stage, but that's never going to happen again. You know, so I, I that's why I don't take any outside sponsors, Jeff. So there's only one person to blame. I love that you take responsibility for that. But so let me ask you this. Um, would it be a strategy? Let's say uh, a podcaster like like myself, but you think my doctrine is off. I'm a prosperity uh, podcaster. You know, by listening to Right On Radio, you're going to be rich and it'll be in one Woo! week. Sign me Put up, baby. Faith, you know? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm that guy. Let's just pretend for a moment. Yeah. Would you strategically invite me to be on that stage to get my audience there so they can hear a different? Well, gospel? this is my this is what I do. Okay, Doctor Zelenko, may he rest in peace, was Jewish. This just in, I'm not Jewish. So Doctor Zelenko and I talked, and he was like, "Hey, I'd love to come speak at your event." And I said, "Let's go." But we and I don't agree. We agree on part one, which is the Old Testament. I don't agree on part two. So I, I, as far as, you know, doctrine, we don't agree, right? Well, he comes to the event. His audience comes to the event. People that know him come to the event. They're all there. And uh, right before the Arizona event, he pulls me aside and he says, mechanically speaking, I think the technology in the COVID-19 shots could be the mark of the beast. And I said, Zelenko, are you reading the New Testament, bro? Bro. <laughs> and he's like, well, I mean, you know, so there's a lot of that that happens behind the scenes. Uh, we've also brought in some professional athletes, um, some comedians that, you know, share our similar critical thinking, our pro-America worldview. And backstage, they've, uh, you know, we had, it's funny, I watched one of the speakers who knows a lot about the transhumanism agenda. And he was talking backstage with a pastor, but he talks with a lot of slang and a lot of curse words because he doesn't put himself up as a religious leader. He is a researcher into transhumanism. And this pastor was like, what are you going to talk about? And this speaker doesn't know that he's talking to a pastor. And he's like, I'm going to expose the corruption of Neuralink because that stuff is boop. And I can't believe anybody would boop. And there's no way that people boop, boop, boop. And he's just going after it. And the pastor's like, hey, are you aware that I'm a pastor and this is at a church? And he goes, holy boop. So, I mean, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. I mean, that kind of thing happens. It does. So, I, you know, anyway, I... You know, just trying to lead people to Christ. 
Well, you know what? And there, there are so many people who are detractors in, in this movement. And one of the things, and it's an important one to talk about, and it's the reason I raised it, is not everyone has to share my biblical beliefs to fight beside me in well, this. It'd be, uh, we, very, it'd be very be hard to fill the, We cannot be exclusive that way. It'd be Look, very hard to fill the football team and very hard to fill, to fill the standing army if we had that worldview. You know, I, I can tell you this. Um, I know a lot of the speakers have a military background and some of the stories they've told me, uh, I'll just give you one. I won't mention the speaker because it's kind of a private conversation, but he said, you know, a lot of people talk about what they're going to do when battle begins, but the speaker told me, he said, you know, some of the least likely most anti-faith people, the moment the bullets begin firing, he said, I've seen these people instantly come up to me saying, hey, will you pray for me? And they're like, really? And he goes, these people want to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I've seen those guys go out there and be heroes, guys who were atheistic, you know, backstage. And then he said, I've also seen people that profess Christ when the bullets start firing. They're like, hey, I'll do whatever I have to do not to die. I surrender, you know, that kind of thing. So you, you never really know what somebody is made of until we encounter those situations. But Mike... Conversation there, I guess my final call to action for everybody out there today would be if you get a chance to go to time to freeamerica.com, that's time to freeamerica.com. When you go there, you're going to find we have Miami, Florida, that's in May. We've got uh, the, the Las Vegas event, that's in August. And whether somebody's going to go to your great event or to our events or to some other event, I encourage everybody to get involved. Um, and as it relates to my events, I just let people pay whatever price they want to pay. That's something I've done since the very beginning. The only exception to that is going to be Miami, Florida, because I only can have 3,000 people there total on campus. And the expenses are next level because Trump is now running for office. So we've got next level security and basically all of Trump's closest associates are in the same place. So the least we can charge per ticket for that event is $175. So it's $175. It's a two-day event. There's 70-plus speakers. Uh, we have baptisms on Friday. But I would just say it's like uh, one-fifth of the cost of a really great NBA ticket, and it goes, you know, 10 times as long. I mean, you're going to have a great time, but uh, uh, it's, you can pay whatever price you want to pay in Vegas. But for Doral, we have to charge a minimum of 175 And you know what? I do encourage people, just like you say, it, first of all, it's just really great to be around so many like-minded people. Yeah, uh, is. This is where relationships are formed. Um, I had a couple really great dinners uh, after, you know, the reawakened tour and met some people that I would not have met. In fact, uh, awesome. LT went out for really? dinner. Wow. And, uh, Ho- hopefully you didn't get a photo with him. He's got to keep that, uh, you know, off the grid. Look. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Although uh, I think I think he's going to start to show his face a little bit more now. But uh, wow. really good man of God, and you know it's going to play. And I didn't know I was going to uh, to be meeting him and hanging out with him a little bit. Really, really great guy, filled with integrity. And uh, but that's the type of thing that happens when you go to these events. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: other stuff that happens, it's kind of fun. As you know, I walked in, I'd probably been. It'd probably be on the day one, which is Friday. Now again, I always get there. This is how it goes: I leave Wednesday of the event. I get there Thursday. I drive in a big white van with my wife and kids and staff members. We have a big kind of a caravan. We get there Thursday morning. My alarm goes off at four a.m. Boop boop boop. I wake up, meet the staff there early, pre six a.m. We're sound checking backup mics, backup screens. You know how it is. You're, you're doing a lot of those details to make sure it can't go wrong. Um, 
Well, by the time Friday night has happened, this is like my third day in a row of an 18-hour day. So I come in Friday looking bad, feeling bad, and people looked at me and they were like, oh, I got to get a photo of that guy. So people were like messing with me like, dude, you look so tired. I'm like, because I am tired. (laughs) And then I'm I'm trying to talk to this lady and she kind of leans on me and the table she's leaning on falls down and there's this whole thing. And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were the speaker. And I'm like, well, I didn't know you were... The lady in the front row and you know, you build those bonds and you build those connections and you leave with new cell phone numbers and new friendships. And I, I just encourage people, you got to get involved, man. It's the great reset. Klaus Schwab's great reset versus God's great reset. It's God's great reset versus Klaus Schwab's great reset. It's team evil versus team versus team good. It's team God versus team Satan. I mean, it couldn't be more clear the distinctions right now between what it means to be a follower of Christ and a follower of the Antichrist. And I just encourage everybody, pick a side. Come on, man. You got to stand up for Christ. And you know what? If there's ever been a time to stand, it's <clears throat> now. Um, and, and just just before I let you go, Clay, yeah. um, there, Trump made a statement the other day. Okay. And I'm going to paraphrase him. But essentially, he said, by the end of my next four-year term, I will have completely cleaned out the swamp. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I want that to happen. <laughs> my, my cough is probably preempting. I mean, I, 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 I want to say, yeah. I want to say, woo, yeah, let's go. Uh, but it's also like, really? Is that possible? Uh, I, I mean, all I know is within the realm of reasons for Jesus was making a whip, flipping the tables, you know, uh, so I think America needs some table flipping Jesus within the realm of reason of God. I mean, we've got chariots of fire. I mean, I, I say we're going to need a supernatural, supernatural intervention right now. And I know that our God and savior, the creator of the universe is up to the task. Um, I just don't know how the timeline works out. I just, it's, it's, uh, it's getting biblical. Is it not? I mean, it's getting biblical. Well, so my take on it real quick is there's two sides to the Luciferian system. There's a light side and a dark side. The dark side of the evil guys that are doing all this. The light side of the Pharisees of the Bible. The light side are going to be the ones who usher in the actual Antichrist because they're the flawless ones or whatever. Mm. So right now the dark side is falling and the light side is rising. Um, However, you know, Satan knows the Bible better than you and I, and he's rushing it. Uh, he's putting on a show to start the tribulation because he wants to come into power. Whether God allows his timetable to go forward or not is completely up to God. So uh, we don't know, uh, but you're right. All the signs are there and I kind of feel it in my bones. And I think a lot of us do uh, that. Listen, I, and I pray there's many more years that, uh, that we can bring souls into the kingdom uh, before he comes. But uh, when he comes, it'll be the perfect timing. Of course, Clay Clark, final word. Uh, I would just encourage everybody to go to timetofreeamerica.com if you're looking for jobs that don't require the COVID shots. Go to timetofreeamerica.com if you're looking for a COVID-19 vaccine religious exemption for free. If you're looking for tickets for the Reawaken America Tour, timetofreeamerica.com. And if you want to download the Great Reawakening versus the Great Reset book or documentary, you can find that at timetofreeamerica.com. My name is Clay Clark. Sorry I don't uh, go outside very much. That's why I'm so pale, but I'm here for you. And by the way, Time to Free America is just a great resource. If you want to, you know, the, the saying is red pill someone. If on any subject, there's a whole bunch of little boxes and you can get the download really quick. 
as Clay says, one of his strengths is organizing, and it is certainly probably one of the best resources that's organized for your talking points on any given subject in the, this movement that we're doing. Thank so you, I want to thank you for putting that up. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you carving out time for me. All right. And listen, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. In fact, join a community and go to one of these events.